0: Just go to Cars.com. It's Magical. Jordan is on best.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Indie Cornrows Podcast. I am your host, Mark Schindler. As always, uh, before we get started here, if you have not already, please be sure to rate and review the podcast over on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that really helps us out, grow this thing, expand it. We've been doing some awesome stuff, so I uh, that, I would really appreciate it. I always want feedback, want to hear from you and, and and what you think of the pod and what we're doing, and um, keep gearing it towards what you want to hear. Um, so, in continuing our draft coverage that I did finally start yesterday after a very long awaited and promised time. um, I'm really psyched to be joined by Brian Schrader, better known as Cosmos on Twitter. One of the goats of draft Twitter, I think would be the easy way to put it. Um, Really psyched to talk about some draft stuff. Brian, how are you doing today, man? I
0: am doing well. It's a wonderful day here in Northeast Indiana. It's actually been great. The weather's been great the last week and a half or so. It's finally turned into fall or it's 55 every day and there's no wind, it's great. Yeah, I agree, man. It's hard. Like as as a fellow
1: Midwesterner, I uh, I I try really hard to not talk about the weather every podcast, but it's difficult to not bring it up, especially when you're talking to another Midwesterner. Like I was talking to somebody from California the other day, and like they just had no concept of the idea of it being like forty five and gross outside. I was like, well, welcome to my life. But this week was fantastic. Like we had some of the best weather ever. But now I think. Shit's just going to hit the fan with weather. So we'll see what happens,
0: man. But we'll see. It's the Midwest. It could be 80 next week and it could be 20 next week. There's yeah, no way of I don't,
1: Like in Toledo, it snowed on Halloween and then we had a week <laughs> of 70. So I mean, I, I don't you know at this point. And apparently, I mean, if, if it's going to be anything like the NBA offseason, we'll have people asking out and then publicly denying it the next day. So you know, <laughs> yeah. Victor's, Victor's on one. It's fantastic. Um, so I think I'm not you know, sure but, what's up with him. He seems oh, to be having dude, a I, I don't even very know. interesting couple weeks here. He's having a, a grand old time for sure. Uh, you know, it's it's not very often when you see Miles Turner get into a Twitter beef with someone, and especially when it's Victor Oladipo's twin sister. So that was you know that was exciting. I'm sure Pacers PR was having a, a grand day yesterday. Um, yeah, I was not. I was <laughs> the off season finally feels like it's here though at least. So that's something. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, like a, a nice little jettison right into the uh, the, the drama that is the NBA offseason, which is my least favorite part of the offseason. I just prefer like actually talking about basketball, but we get the drama instead. Um, it never goes away. It always <laughs> happens every year. Exactly. Um, so in, in getting into everything, before we start talking about some of the prospects, I'm sure we'll hit on them in, in, in mentioning some stuff, but I just want to ask you about your draft philosophy and scouting a little bit and um, you know, kind of how, how you view – drafting and and looking at prospects. So I think um, the first question I would ask right away, I mean, looking at a team like the Pacers um, more of a, I mean, you, you know, the the Herb Simon at the helm, they're never going to not try and be a playoff team. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, does that at all change how you would draft? You know, like, do you think that it, you know, I mean, I guess every team would have like a sort of
0: different way of drafting, but do you think that kind of impacts how you would draft? Where they're drafting, probably not. Like I kind of think that they, no matter where, no matter matter what you're doing, where like in that spot, I think you just always are looking for any kind of anyone who can play. Yeah. Like uh, maybe you stash, but that's a little. It's a little. I don't know. I I feel like most years, any real stash guys go like in the. 40s like 39 38 to like 45 46 mm. i feel like you get the late second you're 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 just looking for anyone who can play on an nba roster and the good news for them this year is that it's actually pretty strong like it's is a very flat draft it's the, the the superstars are not there but the are like the second third fourth level guys are all relatively interchangeable like i feel like there's some guys you can take in the fifties that I'm just not a fan of at all, but I, it it shouldn't be too difficult to find a guy who can be on the roster, like who can upgrade some of these other spots, like TJ Leaf. Uh, and <laughs> that would not be hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't get the TJ Leaf thing. I've never understood it.
1: Yeah, it's um, uh, he's just uh, it's not always, good. Yeah, no, I I agree. I did I mean, like I think I got it sort of when they drafted. him. I was like, okay, he's a four who can shoot, and they need a four who can shoot. Did not end up being a four who can shoot, so that was. Uh, yeah, they didn't.
0: They didn't realize how much Lonzo, yeah, like really, really, really pushed his value up. Yeah, and it also
1: doesn't help that OG got drafted after, and John Collins got drafted <laughs> right after. So you know, but alas, moving on. You know, we got to find. You got to find better stuff here, and I think that's part of what I why I really wanted to do a draft series, because I think the Pacers. You look at them as an organization. Um, you know, looking at. Like, I think they're a pretty well-respected organization. They've been good, um, but they've never been great, uh, at least not since the one time they made a finals run and you know, the year that they would have went to the finals if not for a, a fan and Ben Wallace. Um, but, I mean... Well, and Ron Artest. I can't say <laughs> just Ben Wallace. Uh, Ron Artest did hard foul, so that's uh, that's kind of there. But uh, you know, you look at at where they're at, and they really have not drafted well since Larry Bird was the GM. So it's been you know like mid twenty ten. So pretty much, other than drafting Paul George and drafting Miles Turner, um, I mean, there have been some guys who have hit like Aaron Holiday is, has kind of figured out a role. I'm still he's still trying to establish a better role on the team. Um, I mean, you can you can squint, and there are guys. But, largely, you have a lot of I misses. was a big fan.
0: I was a fan of the process of taking Ike Bogu because I, mm-hmm. he was good. He just, his knee, his, his knee just wasn't, he couldn't play. Yeah. But like, at four, it was like, was he like, he was like 49, something like that? Yeah, so he like, was like, not, uh, yeah, that- he was late 40s.
1: And, like, Joe Young, <laughs> the, what Joe Young was, he was fine. Like, I mean, he's a bomb tour yeah. in China now, so.
0: Yeah, but, uh, yeah, other than that, like, I, I feel like, the process, like Alize, the process of just taking super productive college guy. I still like Alize. I've gone to enough yeah. Mad Ants games. Like I enjoy watching him. He's just not very good. I don't think.
1: Yeah, his but. like his shot. I mean, his shots there in the G League, but he just. I I think in watching some of his G League tape, it just feels like he's, uh, saying reliant on his athleticism is the wrong way to put it, but he's like. Athletic enough that he can just overpower guys. In it's league. more of an advantage. It's a more yeah. of an advantage in yeah. the B league, yeah. And, and then when he gets to the uh, to the NBA, it's just overwhelming, you know. Playing, and I, I do think,
0: game. I do think, if they end up trading, I think one of the reasons they may trade Miles Turner is just I think they, and I agree, is that uh, Goga is probably ready to start. Like he could start. Oh, yeah. Even, even if start. he just, even if he's, well, if he's starting next to bonus and playing like twenty minutes, I think they can do that. Like the Zubach starter. Like, yeah, I yeah. think he can do that right now. So See, I, I think it, he,
1: it's funny, not even looking at the draft. <laughs> I think that's part of the reason why, I mean, I'm super apprehensive about them running back the team already. I mean, obviously we have the Vic stuff coming out. So I, I think it's very unlikely that they will run it back because uh, today it just felt like them trying to recoup value um after yesterday. <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm as much as I like Miles, I think Miles is a fantastic player. Um, still has a lot to work on offensively. Um, but like the, first of all, I think we've seen so much of him and Sabonis playing together, or at least enough where I'm like, it doesn't work at a high enough level. Maybe there are things you can do, to yeah. treat it, but I still think you have so many problems playing against a team like Boston. Um, and just more Ranger wing heavy teams that, that you're going to be seeing now. So I'm, I'm not for bringing that back. Um, but then I also, I look at that and I'm like, Goga has never played summer league. He's not going to get summer league again this year. Um, He was fortunate to get the playing time. He did in the bubble. If they run it back with miles and Domas and Goga only plays eight minutes again for this season. Like, what are we doing here? Why did we end up drafting him? Like, I think if you're not actually going to get that guy, the potential to get in and, and play, then like, what is the point? Well, obviously that sounds reductive, but like, I think like, I, I don't know if you would agree with me, but I just think like, if you're not going to have a guy, Who can actually get a chance when you draft him with the first round pick? Then, like, what are you doing drafting him?
0: Yeah, I feel like Goga also fell to them a bit. I think that was part Mm -hmm. of it. Like, I, I I don't think they planned on like playing him immediately, but he was probably the highest player on their board, but significantly, and he got to 18, so they just took him. But yeah, I I would, I would try and play him. I, I, I think I would probably. I think this is probably the time to move on from Miles. Like, I like Miles. I think he's good, but. It's it's obvious which of the two of them I think is is like a real building block. And I yeah. it's it's Simonis. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And I just don't think you can have I don't think you can have two bigs making like, you know, fifteen, eighteen, twenty million plus. I just don't think it works. Yeah, especially considering
1: too, like I think if Miles could actually and not to sound like a dick, but like I mean if Miles could do more with the ball in his hands, I'd be confident in him. But like you look at even even though we, I mean, his stats were nice in the bubble, um, but the way that they were playing, they, they used him likes a bonus in the bubble. And that was a large part of why the offense sucked. Um, I mean, obviously, Victor was like totally not there uh, offensively, but I mean, he's just I think if I see Miles run. A, a, a DHO again, I'm going to lose my mind because it's just not his game. Like he's not, he's not good at it. A. he's a terrible screener. Like he's a very bad screener and it's not his fault, honestly. Like he has no flexion in his, like uh, in his legs, no bend. Um, and I think like, I, I always try and point that out to people. Cause I, I'm sure, as you know, being from Indiana, like um, people always like rag on miles anytime something goes wrong and they call him soft and like It's just his build, man. Like I always point to people, I'm like, look at what what he looked like athletically at Texas compared to now is like a monumental improvement.
0: Yeah, and he probably has hit the level, like I don't think he's gonna improve much more. Yeah, he needs he needs to be in the Jared Allen situation where nobody really expects anything of him so he can impress instead of being in this like having to be the third best player on a playoff team. It's just like not working for him. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um,
1: So I think that feeds into as well. I mean, like, so talking about the draft and like, obviously miles was one of those good picks that's happened. Um, But I think if this team's going to get to a higher level, you have to be able to hit on, on those later picks. Obviously, you know, you look at a second round pick, you're not expecting like a a starting level player, but I I think if you can hit on, I mean, again, 54 is just an example for this year, but if you can hit something on the, in the late forties, Um, or just early in the second round, somebody who ends up being like a back end of the rotation player that, that you can play on their rookie deal. Like that's huge. Instead of having to go out and spend part of the MLE on someone to come in and play as your eighth or ninth man. So I think like that's, I I look at that as like the Avenue for the Pacers to actually really improve as a team. Um, Obviously there are other ways too. I mean, it would help to have a star player, Uh, but I think that's, Yeah. I don't I don't I
0: think the window kind of closed on that for right now.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. That window's capiche. But um, I mean that's
0: what you do, that's why you trade for Brogdon, because I that like he should be that guy and hopefully he's able to get through a season without his back exploding. That'd be nice. It sounds so good.
1: Yeah, like the first 15 games of the season, he was playing like a borderline all star.
0: I'm just looking now at my board of who they could get. Then this thing about this year is there's a lot of opportunity. I think it really depends on what kind of player they want. Because if they trade Miles and they think they need an extra big, there's plenty of guys. I've always been mocking like wings to them because I just mm-hmm. feel like you should always take wings. And like, who are their other wings? Like behind Warren, who's really there? Because yeah. I'm assuming Justin Holiday's not back.
1: Yeah, I think I, I, with the way that the, the tax threshold I wrote about this a couple weeks ago with the way if if the tax threshold had been at one thirty nine, it still would have been hard to bring him back. But with it at thirty two, unless there's some kind of cost cutting, it's almost impossible to bring him back. Yeah, so I they
0: kinda of need that guy. So I was looking at like I, I think he may go higher than this, but uh Tyshawn Alexander from Creighton. I really like kind of him. Good. He's he's good, he's just good, he's a good three and D player. That's what he is. That's kinda of what he will always be, but he's a little small, but he's very strong. So I don't think he really like uh, like Kyrie Thomas is kind of the guy he plays like. But Kyrie Thomas is like six one and a half, six two. Mm-hmm. Like he was just too small to play two. Tyshon is six four. Like he's got good size. Um, he's a good guy. I'm I'm always a Nate Hinton guy. I love Nate Hinton. Oh yes, just I watched the monster monster rebounder. Just an incredible rebounder and hustle player. Yeah, uh, his- we'll go ahead. Some
1: some great person put out an eight minute highlight reel of just uh, Nate Hinton getting offensive rebounds on YouTube. I've watched great. that plenty of times recently. Um, so I think, you know, that gives me a question too. Obviously wings are always want wings, but you look at the team, TJ is technically the only four, but he's really not a four because he's a terrible rebounder. Um, yeah. He, he, I mean, he can guard up on fours, but at the same time, like you, you really lack positional versatility. On the pacers you have a lot of combo guards and wings who can't play up a spot um yeah so like i think do, how important do you think drafting well obviously not important to draft for fit but how do you weigh drafting for fit
0: but oh drafting for fit outside I, I think outside the top 20 i think it's perfectly reasonable if you're drafting the 54 you need fit like yeah if there's a guy you really think is really good then take him it doesn't matter what the position you know, even if it's something you have like seven guys at, but like, yeah, I feel like if they really want, like, that's kind of why I want H- I'd like Hinton because he's an excellent rebounder. Um, I was going to say like Paul Reed, but I don't think Paul Reed falls that far. Yeah. That's somebody I've watched a lot of him and I like and him. And also I don't think he's that good of a rebounder for his size. That's like the big weakness. Um, I would have said Jalen Harris a week ago, but Jalen Harris ended up having one of the best combines of all time. I think he's going to go higher than that. He's not a rebounder anyway. He's a scorer. Um, so now it's like the, the guy I've been giving them, I've been giving them, uh, Najee Marshall from Xavier. He's, I am a big (laughs) Najee Marshall guy. He's huge. He moves really well. He can rebound. He can shoot. He can maybe take a few dribbles. Like he feels like a pretty safe bet to be like an 11th man to me. Uh, this is why I'm not like high on him, but like also he's going to get drafted. Uh, trace Tinkle from Oregon state is another guy who's just like a, he's more of a shooter but he is six eight like he's a good size he can really he can rebound uh, let me look around here I mean I like there's plenty of centers but I don't know if you want like a Nick Richards type because he's just a pure center um those guys are good I mean Stewart, no way I'm Isaiah Stewart makes it there but he's a good mm. rebounder um I also really like uh there's a couple guys I like Dwayne Sutton from Louisville who's not on anyone's board it's he's strange. Still, I haven't gotten. It. he's on my board to watch, but
1: I have not gotten to him yet.
0: Yeah, because he was he was the best player on Louisville. Like Jordan Mora was like the star guy, but Jordan Moore can only shoot. He's just a shooter. Like uh it's really kind of a like it's kind of disturbing looking at his splits mm-hmm. when he shot poorly, or when they lost, is when he would shoot like 30%. And they won and he would shoot fifty percent. And like he had no he's not a rebounder, he's not a passer, he's not good at defense, he's kind of lumbery. Like, I'm not a Jordan Moore guy at all. Uh, Sutton is kind of all the opposite of that. Like, he can't shoot, but he's an excellent rebounder, really good transi- <clears throat> transition passer, great ISO defense guy. Like, I, I really like Dwayne Sutton. Uh, the thing about him, though, is you don't have to take him at 54. You could probably just get him as an undrafted guy. Okay, yeah, that makes – yeah, oh, all right. I definitely will have, have to get in on watching him for sure. Um, I if think- there is one more guy I wanted to say I, want, I actually wanted to bring up, um, who will probably be around in that range. And if you want a rebounder, get Lamine Jene. Lamine Jene is somebody a I
1: wanted to ask you about. He, he's kind of uh, just been on my re- radar recently.
0: He's he's incredibly productive, uh, kind of an elite athlete. Like, like, he moves in weird ways, but, like, he's a 4. He's 6'7", he's 210, but he's a 4. Uh, and he's a, kind of a freak... He kind of honestly is kind of like Alex Johnson, but I think he's a much better athlete, and I think his athleticism is going to play up better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's just got more because he's just more of a late bloomer. He hasn't played as long. He had a lot of problems with uh, academic stuff. He had some injuries, so he just never really got started. Um, I mean, as a freshman, he's old, too. That's the other thing. But like, I, I'm, I'm a pretty big believer in taking a swing on him because. I don't want to say he's Siakam. That's a stupid comment. <laughs> no, I don't. there is there is some of that like weird jankiness where like he's just hard to guard because he just moves strangely and he's hard to like predict, and he really made some improvements as a shooter. Like he shot worse from three I think this year, but he took more, and his free throw percentage went into the high sixties. So it's like, and he, which is good because he gets to the line. What was this? Let me find it. I have it here listed here somewhere. A Good, yeah, like a five hundred free throw rate. So oh, that's shit. pretty good. Okay, yeah, that's that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> um, just gets he just gets to the line like crazy because he's just nobody in that conference is anywhere close to him athletically, and he's just a weird player. Like I, I he gets a lot of blocks, lots of steals, it, lot like just yeah, defensive rebound percentage over twenty five. That's crazy. That's for a six seven guy. That's like a ridiculous number. I'm just a believer in him being like a guy you grab for a couple years and see if you can't make a role player out of him.
1: Yeah. Like, so I think that's, that's a question I have for you as well. I mean, like, how do you even try and notice what he's doing on tape? Because I, I mean, I was going back and watching some of his games. Um, he's, he's played against one power five team. Uh, In his time there, I I think it was Washington State's the only Power Five team he's played against because they played Auburn this year, but he was uh, academic suspended for
0: it. Yeah, Um, I was very sad about that. I wanted to see him and Isaac smash into each other. I would love to see that. That's what
1: I was hoping to see today. I did because I obviously I didn't know about it, so I was like, oh shit, they played Auburn. So I tried to find the game. It's like, oh, he didn't play. Um, But like you mentioned, I mean, like his open court speed. And grab and goes ridiculous, like he could be a fantastic transition player. Like, like it's, it's
0: NBA level, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, but yeah, I mean, if you put up 29, 11, 3, 2, 2 and in, in per, per 40, that's like <laughs> he should not have been playing at Cal State Northridge. I wish he had played anywhere else, like up a little bit see what he really was because those are, those are frightening numbers,
1: yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, and defensively, too, what did you like? Uh, how do you even like try and track what he's doing in the open court a little bit? Cause I mean, not to besmirch some of the guys that are playing in uh, the West coast conference, but like, I I mean, they're just not NBA athletes. So it's hard to gauge like what his on ball defense is like, I mean, like you mentioned, it was weird
0: because he technically played center for them, didn't he? Cause I feel like he was like the tallest guy in the starting lineup. So yeah, they had another guy. They played some who was like six, nine, but yeah, he, I think he was a starting center and, kind of the point guard. Like he just had yeah. the ball all the time. So it's going to be a strange, like I do think there's some, but that's why that's why you, that's why it's a shame. I don't know. We don't know what the G League's going to be like this year. Um, He'd be terrific. And also just selfishly, I'd love it if they got him in the G league so
1: I could go see him. Oh <laughs> yes. That would be awesome. I'm going to be in Indiana next year. So that would, that would be freaking great.
0: But he's, he's just a weirdo. I like him a lot. I think Najee Marshall is more like the safe pick. Like mm-hmm. if you just like, I'm pretty sure this guy is going to be able to play. Janae is is sort of the weird like swing for the fences guy, and I, I'm a big fan of that in the late second. Like, there's no reason not to. Nobody has ever gotten fired over a second round pick. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, that was a, unless Jones unless it was somebody that. got fired, unless it was unless they got fired for not taking Manu Ginobili, who was a swing for the fences pick. But like, yeah, you're not gonna get. No one's gonna care if a second rounder can't play in the NBA. It's not gonna hurt your reputation.
1: Yeah. So I, I agree. I feel like it's definitely worth the swing looking at Najee Marshall too. Um, I think obviously the big question for him about, you know, whether or not he pops in the NBA is a shot because I think not to, I don't love like doing comps or whatever, but in watching him, especially on the defensive end, he reminds me a ton of Torrey Craig, like just a really good yeah. long defender, super good at trailing guys, uh, and, and just kind of enveloping him with his arms because his wingspan is massive for his size. Um, but I think he's, he's a a probably, dude. yeah, and he's he's definitely got more uh, offensive skill than Torrey Craig right now, probably. Um, but, like, how do you even, like, try and, like, w- what do you look at to see if his shot is going to translate? Because, obviously, I think he only shot 28% over his career. But he was a decent free throw shooter, not, like, awesome. Um,
0: but he took, he took I, I, awesome I, I usually track promising. free throw. Yeah. yeah. That willingness to shoot is a big one that people don't talk about. I think mm-hmm. if you're over 70%, I'm usually fairly confident from the line. I'm usually like yeah, you'll probably shoot all right. I'm also personally I think that most players can learn to shoot spot ups like mm-hmm. unless there's something obviously wrong with your form and he looks fine. I think he'll shoot threes fine. I think he's gonna be a four mostly, so it's not yeah. gonna matter as much. Like and honestly, like the Pacers like they kind of like that. They they like Jakar and they should. Jakar's great. Jakar's Jakar great. Like Jakar doesn't bad. shoot. Dakar doesn't shoot, so who cares? Like, um, and that you know, you can always use those guys. You need you need those guys, and I feel like he's got more skill. He's he's a good fit. I just I I generally think uh, there's people who are really high on him as like a late first rounder. I don't know what the ceiling is for that, but I think anywhere between 25 and 55 is a good spot, or even 60. Like, I'm just assuming that the last five picks are usually like complete nothing yeah that doesn't matter
1: crap shoots you have like no idea what's going to happen yeah um, um, because i mentioned like i was talking with ben yesterday and he said like at least for him like guys 40 through 80 there's such a fine line between each mm -hmm. guy and they're
0: fairly interchangeable this year
1: um so another guy um you mentioned trey stinkle so i i wonder too i've i actually really enjoyed his tape um he I, when I first started watching him, um, I was like, "Holy shit!" Is Kyle Anderson? Did Kyle Anderson fly to, yeah. like, to, to Corvallis like every game this year? Um, so slow, like just incredibly slow. But he's got a really nice handle. Um, definitely a confident very, shooter. And when they played matter. when they played zone, I mean, he has really good hands. Good at tipping the ball. Um, just like finds the ball on defense really well. Um, but I feel like he's definitely not going to be able to play the three. Like, Do you think that he has like
0: lateral quickness to do that? Because in watching him at, at Oregon
1: State, I was like, nah, I don't know about that.
0: But I mean, I think the three... We're at the point where the three is like... It's more just forwards. The threes are almost... like At this point, they almost need to be guards, like third guards. Yeah. So like, if you can't do that, then you could still... Because the modern four is there isn't one like you're either a small center or you're just like a run jump rebound guy. So like the shooting, I think is good enough that offensively it shouldn't be a problem. And like, I also don't know who else, like if he's the four, then they're playing, they're just playing with one big and they'll probably be better anyway. Like McDermott, what does McDermott really play? (laughs)
1: really a three. I mean, he could, like plays the four on offense, but he's never going to guard a four. So
0: yeah. So uh, it's at least just you sort hope he's like, never
1: guarding a four. I, you hope he's never
0: guarding anybody. You hope <laughs> That's
1: a good point. He got, you he got he a little bit him. better defensive this year, but yeah, he just does not
0: have it. Um, but yeah, so like, and I, the, the good thing is too, with that is that it wouldn't be redundant because no amount of shooting can be redundant. No one's going to be like, ah, oh, we have too many shooters on the floor. Um, <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, like Trace, Trace, is a, Trace is a good experience. He's pretty strong. Like, I, I like him. I, I think that'd be a good spot for him. It's just like a guy you can be fairly confident will shoot and, and produce well. He's just, I think the difference is that Najee is more of a defensive impact guy. So yeah. I think that's probably where they would go. They tend to do that. Yeah.
1: Uh, one guy, the first guy who I actually, you know, I told you, I was like, I looked at a big board the first time. I was like, I have no idea what to do. Um, so I took... Um, sh- shoot, I think I took eight draft boards. I took yours, um, Sam Bassini's, like all the, the big ones. And then a couple of big ones off NBA Twitter and just did a composite and a guy who was like way across the board for everyone and has vastly different opinions that I really like in watching, um, it's Malik fits. Like I have so many questions yeah. about him because I mean, the shot is there shot above 40% on high volume, two seasons in a row is a good free throw shooter. Um, I think, you know, obviously I've seen thrown around that he doesn't quite have NBA athleticism. And I, I guess vertically, I would agree, like he's not a, rarely dunked uh, and was not a, <laughs> a very good dunker when he did dunk. But like in terms of his ability to kind of roam the court and move laterally and, and he, he, he grabbed and go, grabbed and go. That's not a way to say it. he he would grab and go a lot with St. Mary's as well. Yeah. Like, I feel like he has like skills that I think are interesting in interesting he's worth getting a look for sure. Like I, I what, are, what are your thoughts on him and,
0: and him maybe going to my problem with him? the league is apparently, apparently he's not six, eight. Oh, <laughs> apparently really? he measured in a little, apparently he measured in like a little over six, six. And that oh, makes me a little shit. more nervous. Okay.
1: Well, yeah, then I'm a little bit less interested,
0: <laughs> but I still think, I still think like the shooting is real. And I think, I think he has like good traits generally. So like 54, would be fine for Malik. And like, I want him to succeed because he seems like a nice guy. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I still would, that's not like a bad spot for him, but yeah, if he was really six, eight, I think he would be verging in like the top 40, but the, that's the height and like the athletic profile is a little worrisome. Like that guy just might not be able to play in the NBA. He may just be a European player, but um, I, I still like, like Malik's not bad. I, I, I still like, he can shoot if that's what you want he can shoot. Um, was he from the line this year? He was like, I think he was
1: seven. Yeah, 80 percent.
0: Yeah. Oh eighty percent this year. Okay. Seventy-nine point um, nine. So yeah. That's that's good. Like forty percent from three, almost eighty percent from the line. Like the guy and, and St. Mary's is not like a their system is more big oriented. So like if you can shoot, I, I feel like they're not they're not a they're not a team that really inflates people's shooting percentages, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, I mean I like I still like Malik. Like he's a good player. I just don't know his athleticism at six six and six eight is very different.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point. I didn't even think I didn't realize that he tested that not tested combine that small. I know his wingspan was like seven one
0: though, so that was positive. Um yeah, I can but, still, like I think he's he's gonna be a guy like I kind of feel about him like the same way I felt about Kevin Her- Kevin Hervey, who's uh, on mm-hmm. the Thunder. Yeah. Of like good, productive college player, but, like, if he's not a big, he's kind of stuck, like, because, like, the difference, even, like, Trace Tinkle is more of a wing, like a ball handler type. Yeah. Malik Fitz is not really a ball handler. I mean, he's, like, a decent passer, but that was kind of the problem of, like, college four, like, six, seven college four shoots. You you better be, like, like, George Niang is, like, one of the best, and he's barely hanging on in the league. Yeah. And I know Utah likes him a lot, but, like, you better be really good. Um, and it, it's just a, it's a tough cause like I said, the modern four like power forwards do not really exist anymore. So you it's it's a tough like it's really you really gotta uphill climb. But like Malik has good chances as some of these other guys do. So like I wouldn't be a bad pick. I wouldn't be upside with it.
1: Yeah, he's like interesting to me too, because he like brings up a lot of questions, not even just about himself, but like I mean, he I don't remember what his usage percentage was. I think it was like <laughs> mid twenties. Um, obviously, I think Jordan Ford had the highest one, but like, yeah, Jordan Ford, was yeah, oh, he was good too. I like watching him. Time. I was like, he definitely not could be like a, I mean, maybe he makes the G League or something, but it, definitely not the NBA athleticism from what I noticed. But, um, like watching Malik, like he took a ton of shots that were bad. Like, just he's just not mm-hmm. like he done a, like actually, I do think like in watching his handle, like, I, I think his handle is like somewhat decent. It's not like terrible, it's better than Jakar's. So that's something. Um, that's like my baseline. <laughs> <I> think, <laughs> that's my baseline right
0: now. I, I think I'm a better dribbler. Than yeah, you that's a
1: good point. But or I guess my baseline is kind of Thad Young too, because like Thad was not a good dribbler. Um, no,
0: so, no, and, but it's a
1: good thing he didn't go to a team that makes him do it, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, <sighs> throwback to like 2016 Brooklyn, but um, when, well, the, he, the Bulls, the Bulls tried to make him like this. Oh, sixth I know. No. The, what they, they tried to do with him this year was it was. I just kept like hoping that he
0: would just. I love so like that yeah. yeah, he's been one of my favorite players. Yeah, he's been one of my favorite players for a long time, and I'm a Bulls fan, and I'm really sad that I'm at the point where I'm like, please trade that. Get please, like, don't make him do this.
1: Save him, just like, <laughs> someone save him. Yeah, I'll, no, I'll get I, Billy
0: Donovan. I want to see what Billy Donovan does with him. That might be more interesting. Yeah,
1: I, I feel like they're gonna have such a big swing as a team this year because they're gonna go from having like a non-factor at coach to like actually having someone who's a competent coach. So yeah,
0: even a competent coach can help.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, But like in mentioning Malik, like, I mean, how do you kind of try and quantify and like look at, okay, this guy had a massive role in college. He's not going to be remotely close to that in the NBA. Um, How do you even try and like look at that and be like, well, how do we scale this? Or like, look at what he might look like or his role would be like in the NBA. And how does he fit into that?
0: This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay.
1: just go to frito no purchase necessary sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023 void prohibited. here's where the snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons each good for one bag of chess see official rules at frito-lay
0: that's where i think athleticism really plays a role because mm-hmm. like you'll have these guys like um i'm not the biggest Keontae johnson from florida fan for next year but even if he's not going to be like a lead wing scorer, and they may which he's not going to be, he's like a 6'5", 240 guy who is like crazy. Like he's probably going to be like a forty two inch vert guy, so like he'll probably roll. He'll fit in, and like those high usage. That's kind of what I was getting at with Hervey, of like a high usage college four who isn't a good athlete. He's like six seven, six six, six seven. Like that's just tough. Um, even more so, like that guy's a worse athlete than Malik is. Malik has like is a decent run jump guy, I guess, but. Um, that's sort of where I'm at with Jordan Wara, of like, he's not a good athlete, really. So, like, these guys got to be, they got to be, like, elite shooters. Like, look at Patrick Patterson, who's just kind of fallen out of the NBA because he just can't, he can't guard fives. And he's just not, there's no one else for him to guard. It was like a four. It's so, like, he just, he better be shooting. He better be hitting those shots, or else he's not going to play. Because um, <clears throat> there's so many, we're at the point now where there's so many fives who can shoot why are you playing a 67 guy if you have a 611 guy who's just a good shooter like it's just it's really a tough and that's a shame cuz i like i generally like those guys in college a lot but mm-hmm. um malik is really on that threshold like i'm really unsure of the the athleticism if he was really 68 it'd be a lot easier to, to swallow cuz then you could play him as like a small ball five yeah 68 230 that's been, you know there's 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 smaller guys than that um pj tucker's like the ultimate cuz pj tucker just turned into a good shooter so, like, he, it works. But, like, if P.J. Tucker couldn't shoot, I don't know how much he'd really... Like, he'd still play because he's, you know, he's an all-world post-defender. But it'd be harder to really justify huge minutes for him. Whereas, like, uh, a guy who's more of an athlete, I'm trying to think of, like, a... Uh, not that. I'm trying to think of, like, well, like, Siakam his first couple years before he, like, developed. It's like, that guy's, like a, little, like, a ridiculous, weird, run-jump, like, lanky athlete guy. So he still mm-hmm. played. And he still did made hustle plays a lot, even though he couldn't shoot. It's it's weird. the The power forward is like the toughest spot to really. It's really tough for me to project. So I just I've been relying more on tools. Mike Gurbanov has always been saying that if you're looking for like big men need to, we need to value tools more for big men, and tools less for guards, because who cares if you're fast in the NBA? Like everyone's fast. Yeah. Ish Smith is fast. It doesn't matter. He's not very good. <laughs> um. Like, if you, if you watched, I bet if you put Ish Smith and DJ Augustine in a gym, you would think Ish Smith was like a star, and you wouldn't be that impressed with DJ Augustine. But DJ Augustine is a genius. Well, I mean, everyone knows this. He was a terrible pacer, but he's still a genius. He was a very terrible pacer. Except he he's did, just like,
1: a, he partially like won the Knicks series in 2013, so there yeah. was that at least.
0: I just think they didn't have the right pick and roll guys for him anyway. But he, he yeah, he's just like a. He's so small. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. Like, I, I think I think tools are becoming more important for bigs, unless they can shoot, and less important for everyone else. And like Malik's just not toolsy. Najee Marshall is. That's sort of why I would lean Naji, because mm-hmm. I think the shooting is going to even out. Like you have to be every every four can shoot. So to really be like a designated shooter, you got to be like a knockdown shooter, like, like Doug McDermott, pretty
1: much. Like yeah, Doug yeah. McDermott wouldn't be in the NBA if he couldn't shoot the way he does.
0: No, so. no. And he's still barely in the NBA. <laughs> he's, That's a good point. he's getting close. He's getting close to the fringe. Um, I know there's a couple of guys I, I can't think of who were like elite. Like Niang is a guy I was like Niang's a great shooter, and he's still barely around. Jermichael um, uh, Green's becoming like a very good shooter. Like that, he would not have made the NBA. Like he was a, the textbook like undersized for college four. He was a post up guy in, the, in college. I remember him, and like that wasn't going to work in the NBA. And he almost didn't make it. But then he turned into like a spot-up shooter, and he's a very good spot-up shooter who's good at defense. So like that, but like that's the kind of role you have to do. You can't just be like a mid-post. No, no one's gonna play you. Like Luis Scola, Louis Scola, flamed out of the NBA. He's still good. He's still he, he's right now playing like high-level European basketball, but he's not. He knows, there's no space for him in the NBA because he's good at offensive rebounds and putting hooks and like. You're not seven foot one. Nobody cares. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what's the value now? Um, and that brings
1: up an interesting guy to me as well. Um, someone who Caitlin wrote about actually on, a, on a, like the one draft profile. She, she's notoriously just not into doing the draft profile. Um, but Yoli Childs is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot to look at with him. First of all, that was when I realized how uh, a not strong Malik Fitz is uh, and, and gave me a lot of questions yeah. about him at the floor yeah. because he was not guarding Yoli for most of the game, but the couple possessions he guarded him. Oh my God, he got eaten alive. Um, but then I also realized how terrible, I mean, I've known for a while, but the, I think this is one of the best representations of how bad college height and weight listings are. They list Yoli Childs as 225. And, in that is what, a, no. Like he, that dude is easily like 250 or
0: 260. Like no way is he 225. Yeah, he's a big dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah Yoli could be like a center. I think that makes him. Yeah. That gives him more of a. I'm not like a big Yoli guy, but I think in the 50s, it's just like you want, especially if they make that Miles trade, they may need some minutes, and I, I think he's interesting. I actually like uh, Freddie Gillespie from Baylor more mm-hmm. in that role. He's much larger. He also played. He kinda of came out of nowhere. He played much he was like Baylor has a weird defensive scheme where like everybody kind of does it equally, but they still have to have you have to have at the rim. Freddie Gillespie dominated people at the rim. And he shot some threes and just works really hard. I, I like him a lot too, but like if you're gonna go with the big, I think you need to go with the actual center. And I think Yoli's the center. Um kind of a, still kind of a small one, but he's the center. I think um like John Teske is a guy and like John Teske can't shoot, but John Teske's Nine hundred feet tall, so it doesn't really matter.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah He's like seven, he, he's like, yeah, seven, he's like seven
0: one or something. Yeah, he's like he's like he's three hundred pounds. He's enormous. Um, that's the kind of guy you want to go with it's like Caleb Wesson fell to them. That might be, Oh, that would be beautiful. I, I think he's especially a little overrated in the way but... that,
1: yeah, Oh, well, Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think anytime somebody loses weight, everybody's like, oh, he's fantastic. Now, like, <laughs> yeah. no, it did. I mean, it, it didn't work. For, well, I almost said Jared Solinger, Jared, Jared Solinger did the opposite. Um, still, <laughs> One of my saddest things, man, I really thought Jared Solinger was going to be good. And he was oh, like, okay. Decent, but a,
0: like a good a good example is remember when every year for like three years it was Jalil Okafor's in the best shape of his life. It doesn't <laughs> yes, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, Watson's really strong, so I'm not. I wouldn't be super worried about him losing weight. I was more worried about like Vernon Carey getting down to two thirty. It's like, well, what is he good at then? Yeah, if he's at two thirty, he's not strong. Like he's gonna get feasted on. He better. That's a guy who better shoot. He better shoot the lights out. Or he's not gonna work. Um, yeah, I don't know, cause like. Being a, a center under six eleven, you got to be really strong, and I think Weston's pretty strong. But Wesson like the, the, the reason he's overrated is that he's just not going to be the top of the coast, top of the key like passing guy that he was in Iowa State. He was like their point guard on a lot of plays, and like it worked pretty well. He was good at it, but he's just not going to do that in the NBA. So he's just going to have to be like a back to the basket score, pick and pop guy, rebounder, and like. He's fine enough at those. Fifty-four would be a decent spot if they really need that ba- that backup big. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I, I, I really they're kind of tough to draft for though because I really want to give them one of these guards, but they don't. They're not going to play another guard. Like they have Holiday yeah. and Ed Brogdon. They, and they don't also re- have McConnell Crutch, TJ McConnell. So I was yeah, TJ say, yeah. McConnell. Yeah. So like they have their three guards, and and if Oladipo stays, he still gets like guard stuff sometimes, and then. Like if bubble TJ Warren comes back, he's just going to have a lot of possessions. So you don't really need, they don't need a guard, even though that's where the the strength of the draft is for me is backup one guard. So yeah, I I feel like, I feel like Weston would be an interesting guy. If he falls, somebody will fall. Somebody always falls. Yeah. That's one thing I'm interested in. Like I, especially in
1: watching Nate Hinton yesterday, I remember PD Webb told me to watch Nate Hinton because we're talking in a couple days.
0: Um, you and, should, uh, yeah. You should and, listen to PD and you should watch. Oh, Nate yeah,
1: Hinton. I, I, um, oh, I did. Trust me, I did. I, I love Nate Hinton, and I think he's the guy who I've watched the most. And I'm like, we're well, not even that I've watched the most, but I, I, in watching him, I'm like, why would someone let him fall to 54? Like, mm-hmm. this, I, this I know that there's definitely the con- like definitely the concerns, and like his offensive game is going to be probably pretty limited, uh, like not a great handle or anything. But well, like, why why do you think he would maybe drop to 54?
0: It's. I really don't have an answer because he was the best player on Houston, which who was. I honestly thought they were gonna make. They could have made a. They could have made a final four run. Mm. And he was their best player. He wasn't their leading scorer. That's probably why. Like Dejan Jarev and Caleb Mills are both kind of like the scoring guys for them. But I don't. It, I, I. I'm just a big Nate fan. Like he played power forward all year in a good conference and kicked ass. Like yeah, he's just he great. Felt like watching me felt like
1: somebody who could be like. I don't want to say elite, but like a. a a top-notch role player like uh mm-hmm. maybe not like right off the bat but like i mean he's a, a quality shooter and i like his release point
0: too i'm not like a shot doctor or anything but like he doesn't have no, some that's fine gnocchi, he's like, gonna from, yeah he's gonna shoot he's gonna shoot corner threes very well he's gonna be like a high 30s corner three guy and he may not take the he may not be a great above the break three but you don't role players don't take those usually like that's just not how they say that's not where they shoot that's Dermott doesn't even take that many of them I think I think his chart uh, maybe last year, but like I don't I don't care. Above the break threes are where you take dribble pull ups, and corner threes are where you just stand and shoot. And he's very good at that. He'll be fine. I um I don't know. The heat, I, it doesn't make any sense. Like I've been thinking about it for months. Why he's not? He had let me find his offensive rebound percentage. He absurd. Like <laughs> he's you one of the, the ball best.
1: just incredibly. Like I remember yeah. I saw his stats at first. And I was like, oh do they have just like some massive center who boxes everybody out and he just hunts no. rebounds? No, no. he just like skies for everything. Like, and it's crazy too. Cause like so many guys, especially looking at offensive rebounds, you got guys who are getting stuff off second jump from a tip. And like, he just palms it like, or not even palms it, but like he gets it on first jump. Like his, mm-hmm. his timing is fantastic.
0: Yeah. 9.7 offensive rebound percentage for a, a guy who's listed as a guard. That's like, that's higher than like what Beverly did. <laughs> like that's that's a ridiculous level of rebounding pr- production for a guard. And he's a good foul shooter. I mean, I don't li- I don't really like his like dribbling and shooting. I don't think it's very good. But he's not going to do that, so who cares? Um, great steals guy. Like well above two point five steal percentage. He's just not like a big athlete above the rim. But he's he's an interesting case study in why I think people talk about athleticism like it's one thing. Like he moves laterally like crazy, and he's yeah, able to he's track really, the ball. I like his roaming <laughs> off balls; nice. He can't jump high, but he jumps very quickly. If that makes sense, like he he gets off the floor immediately. He's just a freak. He's a weird player, I really enjoy watching him. And like fifty four would be terrific spot for him because he's just
1: just monster. <laughs> So you know, all right. I guess like gut feeling. If you had to, would he be the guy that you you take yes. fifty four if they're all available? Okay, that's the okay. So Ben said the same thing too. Well, also I guess we do have to mention as well, Killian Tilly. I still, I mean, in watching oh. him, he's been the best prospect out of everyone I've watched. He's better I than I. Think I don't think he's going to fall at 54, but I guess it's possible. Um, But I mean, I think even with the injury history, first of all, I mean, I'm sure you know from being in Indiana, like, I mean, the Pacers have a fantastic training staff Mm -hmm. Um, and looking at like their starting five, everyone except for Domas is a, you know, a walking injury waiting to happen. I mean, Brogdon, part of the reason they got him is, is because Milwaukee did not want to deal with him as an injury risk on his contract. Um, Vic, of course, is an injury risk now. It wasn't a huge injury risk before, but like TJ, once those knees start yeah, going, you're done. Yeah, exactly. And like TJ just played the, <laughs> it was, it would have been the most games of his career if the, uh, if it hadn't been stopped, uh, for the hiatus. Um, I mean, so yeah, you look at all these guys. I mean, they got Ed because he was, uh, injury risk. Um, like, so I think if if you were to follow the Pacers, it'd almost be a perfect marriage. But it's it's not gonna happen. I, I like I'm secretly hoping yeah. like he's at the top. But I'm like doing just the draft board for the Pacers, and he's of course at the top because he can just do everything. Like there's like the, almost I can't find a hole in his game outside of him being you know injury prone. Him, like,
0: him and Malachi Flynn, I think, are the two guys that are gonna be like twenties, thirties that that don't have flaws. Mm-hmm. Like don't have uh, aside from like Malachi is just not very big, but he's good at everything. Killian is an excellent shooter, excellent passer, very good defender. Like he's gonna play both spots. The only real concern I think there is more of a concern with him because he plays physically and he can't like withstand it. That's the problem. Like he's not a guy who's had freak injuries. He's just a guy who's been getting his ass kicked and getting hurt. But at fifty four, who cares?
1: Well, yeah, exactly. Like if, if you're on a, a rookie skill deal at fifty four, like hell yes,
0: we'll t- <laughs> come
1: play for the Pacers. Like <laughs> Shit. Plus I mean, the,
0: the mild benefit of a guy like that is if he if he ends up getting hurt every year, his second contract's not gonna be very big. You can still get him back and have him be a valuable player, you know, for like like 10 million or whatever. Like yeah, I, I there's no there's no downside to taking him. He's he's terrific. Yeah, but he won't be there. So. <laughs> I don't think um, so.
1: Yeah, so I do want to ask you about one more guy, and then I'll I'll ask you another quick question too before we get out of here. But um he's not gonna be around for the Pacers. I kinda wish he would. Um, But I really like Jalen Smith and I just kind of want to hear what you think. On he him won't make it there. Yeah. I love goggle yep. guys. I'm just a big goggle guy person. Like what guy, yeah. what goggle guy hasn't hit in the NBA? I mean, come on. Um, <laughs> but, but what do you, wh- wh- how, how do you like Jalen? Because I think he's the kind of guy, like if they
0: were to move on for miles, uh, <laughs> he's like slightly. He plays more very similar. Yeah. 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 Um, so Jalen's weird because I was big on him coming into his freshman year. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, Oh, the shots for real. And then he couldn't shoot and it's just cuz they were playing him at the 4 that was what the problem was it turns out and he you know he needed to develop physically you know having sticks as your nickname is never a good sign <laughs> yeah. but uh, he was great last year he was very good he was the only guy who really got the best of Xavier Tillman consistently he just with he went above him he's the one guy who could do that he's a good shot blocker like he's he has got to have holes like he's never going to be a creation guy He's gonna have some. He's gonna give up some strength and, and girth, like as a rebounder, but he can shoot threes. He's a good. He can be like a good roll man, make decent passes, block some shots. Like, yeah, I, I think I think the idea of Jalen as like a, a extra big is great. There's no way he makes it to them unless unless they trade Depot and get some picks. That's the what's they that's how it would happen, or even trade Miles. Although if they trade Miles, it sounds like it's gonna be that Gordon Hayward deal or some kind. Yeah, which. I think that would be good for them. Like, I think Hayward's I am so very hard.
1: on board with that. I think, especially, it's weird. Um, if you, I try my best to stay off of NBA Reddit and uh, and on <laughs> Facebook as well, but uh, of course, I always find my way there. Um, and it it turns out people in Indiana hate Gordon Hayward for the Pacers for some reason and think that he's like a terrible, super injury prone player. He has had injuries, but none of them are like compounded injuries. They're all just kind of freak accidents. Um, yeah, but then. I just also think, too, I mean, like Gordon is like a the fit is so important. Like just i mean, just looking at going from playing two centers to having like an actually relevant, like modern lineup, um, Mm -hmm. not to be like reductive. But I mean, that's just that's just the case when you have someone who can do the stuff that Gordon does on offense compared to what Miles does on offense like that raises what you do so
0: much. And he's just a really damn good player. Mm-hmm. he's terrific he's he was great at, and he his defense is pressure professional injury. he's a very good defender yeah he's solid like and i think
1: like as much as i lo- like because that's the thing that i always see they're like all oh, the, the defense will fall apart without miles and i think yeah i think that's partially true like the fact that looking at this team and like they were the sixth ranked defense last year which still mm-hmm. always shocks me like because i think they're like one and a half positive defenders in the lineup like miles absolutely <laughs> incredible defender malcolm brogdon not a good defender uh I, I don't think people outside of indiana and milwaukee realize that um he's Ow. a smart positional defender he's actually probably at his best guarding threes but against guards oh my god just end me now like uh, oh. derrick rose made him look like uh he had cement blocks for feet uh, every time they play well, the he pit. does have cement blocks for feet That's he does yeah and like honestly like part of what like i almost want a drew holiday trade to happen so that malcolm can be a small ball three Like, I actually think that's almost ideal for him. Like getting more, just doing more stuff, spotting up. Like, obviously you want him to run, uh, some pick and roll action and stuff. But I think like the idea of him, like not having to defend guards is so, so, so what needs to happen for me,
0: but people people think that people think that Brogdon is a good defender and they don't understand that his real strength is that he's an absolutely elite shooter. (laughs) Like he's one of the best foul shooters in NBA history. Um, Especially if he if he plays till he's like thirty five, he's gonna be like the top ten percentage all time. Um, so yeah, like I, I, who else is even gonna, Justin good? Justin Holiday's good. is still okay. I think T.J. Warren is okay at defense. Yeah, he really good. improved this year. I talked to some of he, oh, And then yeah. I'm a big Ed. I'm a big Sumner guy, but he's not playing enough. Yep. And he probably won't now because the only, the only other bigger Ed Sumner fan in the world is Nate McMillan. And he's gone. Yep. Sadly, I, I think he may, his time may be running out so he could go to the bulls and and not play there either. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you mean he could be there like Shaq Harrison, basically, except Shaq, yeah, I lo- he played a little bit last year, but
0: yeah, I like, I, I love, I love that. I think the injury kind of killed him. Yeah. So I just yeah, if he hadn't gotten that. injured this year, this
1: would have been his real chance to kind of get into the lineup. But yeah, um, yeah, I mean, so I guess in kind of closing a little bit, um, who is your guy in the draft? Like, it doesn't have to be anybody in the lottery, wherever, but, like, if you would one pick on anybody, just for the hell of it, who would it be? Because for me, <laughs> it's easily Xavier Tillman, uh, and partially because
0: I went to MSU for a couple of years. Um, so, yeah, just, Xavier you know, is my guy, is I would say. Pokashevsky's the guy I have confidence in Is like, a ceiling guy. Mm-hmm. is my favorite player to watch. I love how he's Halliburton. But I think my guy, like the guy that I'm really high on, is is Hinton. I think it's Hinton. Um, <clears throat> and then I, I guess I'm I'm high on Killian too. Like I think Killian, if he gets taken like 13th, Killian Hayes, if he gets yeah, taken yeah. like 13th, that's gonna be like a travesty. Like he should go much higher. Um, but the, the thing with Halliburton, no, I I don't want to say it's weird because I was the last year, like last season, 2018, 19, I was the big Halliburton guy, like mm-hmm. and. I love I watched I mean I paid money to watch them play Northern Illinois and like I was I was on my phone at on Christmas trying to find a stream of them playing Purdue Fort Wayne I couldn't find one sad uh but um but like the the, the thing with him is he's gotten such weird traction in the mainstream that like I don't feel comfortable I have him at 10th, and he might go like 4th or 5th and it's like that's weird to me because he's just not a rim pressure guy he can't get to the rim Mm-hmm. So like any anyone who takes him in like the top six or seven, you're gonna put especially with a guard who's considered the playmaker, the, you're gonna put this burden of like being a leads lead guy on him, and he's just not what he is. So like I love I love Harris Halliburton, I enjoy watching him more than anyone. He's one of my favorite college rascal players of the last decade, but I I don't think he can be my guy while the mainstream is talking about him like he's gonna be, I don't know like a star all star point guard. It's like he's not gonna do that. He's more like DeLon Wright than he is, like, I don't know. Who's even a tall point guard? Well, yeah, maybe? unfortunately, a lot
1: of people have been like, oh, Shay Gil's just Alexander. I'm like, no, yeah, yeah. He's not a, especially he- in watching him, too. Like, I think it was Ben and Max on, on their pod talked about, like, yes. they compared the rim attempts. Like, I think Halberton had, like, less than 100 rim attempts
0: or something uh, in his freshman Shea year had compared more, to had more. Shea had more makes his freshman year. Almost twice as many makes as Halliburton had attempts in two years. Yeah, exactly. You can't so compare like them. That's such a big like, difference. It's it's a terrible comparison because Shea's entire thing is that he's an elite dribbler and slasher and guy who gets to the rim, and Halliburton just doesn't do that at all. It, it's it's an awful comparison. Aside from the fact that they're two of my favorite basketball players, but like they they don't play anything alike. Yeah. Even yeah. even like defensively, they're they're fairly different because Shea kind of pushes people. Shea was like physically pretty. You get people, get in people, and dig on them. And Halliburton's much more a read and react like rotation guy. Because you get into his chest, you can just go through him. He's like paper.
1: Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I know but he's I still super wiry, but no, he's so. I'm definitely really excited to see him because he's like a lot of a. I, I love like connector players like him. Yes, that are aren't just like really like. He, the, I, I I agree, and and some of the stuff I've seen on him, like, no, he's not going to be a primary guy. And it's like the same stuff. I feel like it's different too, because I mean the the. Coverage for Lonzo when he was at UCLA was absurd. And yeah. he did, to an extent, look like he was going to be like some massive star. And I think we kind of way blew it up. Uh, and his dad way blew it up as well. But yeah, um, yeah I, like, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, in, in what you're saying, I'm hopeful that that's not the same thing that happens with Halliburton because it's just not the player he is. So no. it's like looking at Thad Young and being like, oh, well, this guy is going to be an elite three point shooter. And no, not really. Like he's no. doing a lot of other stuff, has one of my favorite post games ever to watch, but <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's like, yeah, no, that's not his game, man. Like he actually has like such a funky career. I think like his first year in Philadelphia, he shot like 183s or something like that. But then yeah. the next year, he, yeah. over the next two years, I think he shot like 15 combined. And then he shoots like 200 again the next year. And then just keeps doing that for like uh, an eight year stretch. And then finally he gets to Indiana. He's like, Oh, okay. All right. I'll just shoot threes consistently. Fanius has it's been
0: like, forced in. he's been forced into roles by teams who don't understand what he is for 15 years now, or for a dozen years now. He's such a weirdo. I love that. He's one of my the strangest players. Of just, and such a nice guy too.
1: Like him interviewed is like one of my favorite things. He's such a great dude. Well, Brian, this was an awesome time, man. I really appreciate mm-hmm. you coming on. Um, just kind of, in closing, too, uh, what, are, what are you working on right now that you're excited about? Obviously, the draft is coming up, so you're going to be done with this class finally. I'm sure you're excited about that. Um, but What I'm excited that- about is
0: that I'm done I, I'm done with the draft stuff. I have one more team to write about for my college basketball preview. I was going to try and do the main six conferences. I'm just going to do the SEC, Big Ten, ACC, and Big 12. Then I'm going to do a top 25 thing on Patreon. I just don't have the time, and I, I just had a lot of trouble writing about like Kansas State like, I don't know. Yeah. So I think I'm just hey, they my have sick new jerseys,
1: though. I actually really like their new jerseys. I get, they yeah, got they, it nice. but I, I kind of like them.
0: Um, uh, so, yeah, I'll be done with that, and then I can just watch basketball. I don't have to, It's going to be great to not talk about these 2021 guys theoretically and be able to see them. Hopefully. We hope. I, I don't think. If they're still playing college football, I think they'll play college basketball, but we'll see how that goes the next few weeks. Yeah, I'm not, uh, not, not super yet. optimistic about it,
1: but we'll see, man. I'm hopeful. Um, I know a bunch of games got canceled for tomorrow in college football, but but yeah.
0: we'll see. Um, I also think it's been proven that it's easier to play basketball under these circumstances in football. Yeah. Because you don't have 100 guys on the sideline wandering around yelling at each other. Um, we'll see. Uh, it's, I think it's going to happen in some form. It just may get turned around. But even, even then, we'll get to see some of these guys in the NBA in like a month and a half, so that'll be good. Yeah, I agree, man. Well, again, thank you for coming on. To everyone
1: listening, I will uh, I'll drop your link for your Patreon down below. I'm a Patreon, so make sure that you go and follow everything Cosmos does. It's fantastic. I I really love your work, man. Um, not just saying that, but so yeah, everyone go follow that. Of course, read us at Indie Cornrows. Um, follow uh, follow Brian on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter, of course, if you're not already. And uh, just have a good rest of your day. Thank you for listening.